in his presence. Thank you. Thank you, Regina. That was, that was absolutely the word I was just thinking. I said, I was standing over there. I said, let's not rush through this. Let's not rush through this. As soon as I said that, she said, let's just wait. That's how God works. Hallelujah. I feel like so many times we got to just get through it so we can get to the next thing to do the next thing because it's what we're supposed to do. And, 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 and stillness and quietness makes us uncomfortable sometimes when it really shouldn't. Because that's the time that God's speaking to us. And, so, and, and it's so good sometimes just to wait in His presence and be still and just listen to Him. I love the song before this last night we sung that said, I choose to praise and glorify your name. And then it says, when you're, and then it says here that now He won't forsake us. So when we choose to worship Him, He's going to inhabit our praises. And I feel like today you chose to praise Him and He inhabited your praises and we felt Him today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you, thank you, God. I got a, a message today called God Goggles and Satan Shades. I got a rhema word for you today. It's, it's a word straight that God gave straight to me, and I just tell you, I just I, I always talk about God goggles, and I thought I thought that uh, that was a word that God gave me, and nobody else in the word heard, in the world ever used it before. And and I was on the internet looking for some pictures and stuff, and I realized that somebody else is already using that word. But still, God gave it to me, and I feel like it's I feel like it's mine. So, but but Satan shades. I don't know if anybody's using that one. <laughs> But you know how Satan is. You know, you throw shade on people, right? You know, you know you've got them black, black glass, hater blockers on there. Well, I want to talk to you today about that, about using our, uh, we're talking about the clear vision. To have clear vision, you've got to put on your God goggles and you've got to kick off those Satan shades, all right? Because, you know, we see things differently, don't we? Anybody remember this picture right here? Is it blue and black? Who sees blue and black? Who sees gold and white? Holy cow. That, do y'all really, honestly, I want to say, do y'all really see gold and, and white or y'all just like messing with me? You really, it really looks that way to you. That blows my mind because it is so, it is absolutely 100% black and it's so weird. I don't understand that. It's, there was a big long exhortation of why people see that, but I want to let you know that even though the majority of y'all saw yellow and white, I mean, gold and white, do you know that the real truth, that real that dress in person is black and blue? Woo, thank you. <laughs> yeah, man, I thought I was crazy. I thought I was crazy, but but hey, seventy percent of the people in this room saw gold and white. That is so crazy. Some people say it's because of the shade on the how you see the shade looking and all that. But anyway, it, I mean, it is so obvious on how we see something different, right? I mean, if you want to know about if we look, if we see things differently, that right, everybody in this room is looking at the same picture. That blows my mind. You know, you, you don't have to go much past television and the TV6 news to see that we see things differently. People can, you know, this, this, this whole um, political thing, you, people hear the same, the same testimony, and both sides go total polar opposites of what they heard. It's just crazy because people see and perceive things differently. But once you put the God goggles on, you kinda, it kind of hones us in, and we're able to see all in, in, in the right direction. You know, I, I, believe, I believe moms are closer to God than men are a lot of times because I feel like moms see like Christ does more often. 
I feel like moms kind of see through their God goggles more often than men do a lot of times. And, I, I, and my last scripture will kind of help you understand that more. But the thing is, it's not that men aren't holy and all that. I just feel like they, they, they got more of looking through the goggles than we do. Because I don't think we look, men look through them as much as we should. My, my scripture today is Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9. It says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That's why we don't just ordinarily in our human life see like Christ sees. Because of the fact that his ways are higher than I, we, we're, we're, He's on a different playing field. He's on a different plane than we are. So he sees things differently than we do. Okay? He, he sees things differently. Even he, he thinks differently. So for us to even try to get on the, the, the playing field to try to be like Christ and imitate Christ, we got to what? Change our thinking. We got to change our thoughts. Now, we'll never get to that place where he's at, but I feel like we can get to the place where we are more like Christ and we can see things more like Christ. So, so what do you see when you see Christ? Christ asked in Matthew chapter 16, he asked the disciples, um, who do you say I am? He asked the disciples, when you look at me, who do you, what do you see, right? Have you got your God goggles? Are you looking at me like God does? Are you, who, who do you see? <clears throat> and some replied, um, I, I see John the Baptist. Some said, I, I see Elijah. Some people say that you're Elijah. Some people say, well, they, some people say they see Jeremiah. But he said, okay, that's fine, that's fine. That's what everybody else says. Who do you say I am? Who do you say? And Peter said, you are the Christ the Messiah, the Son of God. See, so see, we, gotta act, we got to wake up every morning. Remember last week I asked you, and some of you got offended, and some of you were, were pleased by what my question was, was that, that, that you gotta, we got to ask ourselves on a regular basis, do I have a relationship with Jesus? Because if not, that's, where back, that's how you get backslidden. That's how you turn your back on God because you're so busy working for God and doing all these things that, that, that you get to the place where you're not even saved no more because you're so busy serving in the church and doing for God and, and preaching and doing all these things that you lost your relationship with Christ. So we need to ask that. So every morning we need to wake up and, and look at it in the mirror and say, who do you say Jesus is today? Because that's going to dictate your day. If you look in that mirror and, and, and say, who is Jesus to you today? You're either going to say, well, uh, <clears throat> he helps me sometimes. Uh, when, I'm in a, when I'm in a jam, he helps me. He does things for me. Uh, he, he, he's good. He's the son of God. You know, that, that's probably how your day is going to go. He may help you some that day. He may, may be some. But when you look at that in that mirror and said, he's my, my Lord, my Savior, my King, my provider. He's my everything. He's my banner over me. He's my love. He's my future. He's my help. He's, he, he, he's my overcomer. He's my strength. Then that day's going to go a whole lot better. Because you already at the beginning of the day said, God, let me tell you who you are in my life. So that day... That's probably why he will be, because our words dictate how we're going to act that day. So it's very important to do that. And we have to decide that daily. So I want to ask you today, have you got God goggles on? Have you got goggles? I want to read in Numbers chapter 14, uh, 36 through 38. There's some guys here that had some God goggles on, and some of them didn't. They were all looking at the same thing. It says, the ten men that Moses had sent to explore the land... The ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. 
of the 12 who explored the land, only Joshua and Caleb remained alive. These, he sent these 12 guys out to go to explore the land that God already said they were going to get. God had already told them it's yours. So they should have said, why are we even going, Joshua? I mean, Moses. They should have said, Moses, why are we going? God said it's ours. Why? But he sent them, and so they went. Knowing that God had already promised them the land, when they went out there, they looked, and they came back, and 10 out of 12 said, man, they are giants. They're going to slay us. We are like grasshoppers to them. I mean, totally negative report. And that negativity and that report killed 10 of those people. There's two people that had a good report. And let me tell you what they said when they came back. Ten of them were like neg all kind of negative, all kind of bad things, all kind of bad situations. And two of them came back in Matthew chapter 14, 7 and 9 and said, They said to the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. Is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It's a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. So the two people that saw, how polar opposites. They're like giants and we're like grasshoppers. Joshua and Caleb says, man, we got this. Ain't nothing but a thing. We, we just, all we got to do is just go in there with God on our side, and we're going to do this. You see, and the ten, the ten people that were negative, it killed them. Now, you being negative and not having your God goggles on is not, is not going to kill you, you, you physically. But it, not wearing those goggles and not seeing through the eyes of Christ will definitely kill you spiritually. If you're not looking through the eyes of Christ and you're looking through your own eyes and not trying to look at things the way Christ does, then it's going to kill you spiritually because you're going to see everything skewed. You're going to see everything the opposite of the way that we as Christians are supposed to see things. The whole purpose of us being a Christian is to be Christ-like, to try to look at things like he would look. In order to do that, we have to get outside of our playing field and get on a higher level. So how does God goggles affect your situational view? When you put these God goggles on, how does it affect you? Well, first off, you see things in the spirit that others don't, don't see. They went there, Joshua and Caleb went, and, and it, says, it says, and they saw a, a wonderful, rich land flowing with milk and honey. So they saw something. Nobody else saw that. Everybody else saw giants and, and this, this bad land that we can, there's no way that we can take it militarily, that we just can't do this. But they saw this rich land with milk and honey. And number two, you, you don't see the enemy as an unbeatable foe. When you're looking through your own flesh, the enemy come and the enemy is big and, and, and is aggressive. And if it's a bad situation, you, you, a lot of times we look at it like, man, I don't know if I can win this battle or not. I don't know if I can beat the enemy. I don't know if I can overcome this situation, this trial and tribulation in my life. But what did Joshua and Caleb said? He, they said they weren't worried about being beat by them. They said they are helpless prey to us. Helpless prey. Do you understand that the enemy, let's, 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 let's speak more directly, first name, basis. Satan is helpless prey to you unless you give him the power and the authority and the, and the, and the freedom and the welcoming to come into your life and destroy you. Other than that, other than you giving him permission, 
If you give God permission, they are helpless. He is helpless. Pray to you. He is, he's, he is nothing. He is just a blabbermouth. He comes like a roaring lion. But we can, we, can, we can see things that others don't see in the spirit, and we can know that the enemy is not an un- unbeatable force. And then the third thing is you realize that the battle is not yours to fight. They said, the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid. And when the Lord's with you, you ain't got to be afraid. When you got your big brother behind you, you got Jesus Christ behind you, and you know that, that he's a name above all names, you can, walk in somewhere, you can walk in somewhere and say, what, 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 what? You ain't scared of nothing. You ain't scared of nobody. You ain't scared of the enemy because of the fact that, that, that he is, is so big and so awesome and so mighty, and he is God. And so you don't have to worry about that. You can, we can see things other people don't see. We can know that the enemy can and will be defeated and then we can know that battle's not ours. And lastly, we can walk in safety and we can receive the victory. He, they, they said, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. You can be assured that whenever you're walking with Christ, that victory is on the way. And that you're going to be safe in the arms of, of God. You will be safe in the arms of God. So then you got the, you got these, these you got these uh you got these um uh, god goggles, and then you have Satan shades, okay Satan shades. Now this is this right here is just is like looking through the eyes of the enemy, looking through the eyes of the enemy. Genesis chapter three and six. Let's go back to the beginning. The woman was conceived. I mean, I'm sorry. The woman was convinced. <clears throat> she was not conceived. Poor, poor Adam. She was convinced. See how my eyes just flipped everything around there? The woman was convinced. She saw, she saw that the tree was beautiful. Because see, Satan, Satan had already had a conversation with her, right? She saw that the tree was beautiful and it looked delicious. <coughs> she saw that the tree was beautiful and it looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, and she gave some to her husband <coughs> who was with her, and he ate it too. So here's the problem. Where did she get to the place? She, was, she had her God goggles on. Where did she get to the place where she took her God goggles off? She saw everything. They didn't even see themselves. They were so much in the spirit, they didn't even notice that each other were naked. Because they were so flowing in the spirit of God. They were naming animals and they were just, they were ruined, they were, they were just controlling everything. It was just beautiful. It was the Garden of Eden. So what happened that all of a sudden she saw something that was bad and it looked beautiful and delicious and she wanted that because she had a conversation with the serpent. She had a conversation with the serpent, and the serpent talked to her and lured her and did that. And as, he, as she started listening to the serpent, she started taking off her, I wish I, I, should, have, I should have done an illustration of the serpent. She started taking off her, her God goggles, and she started putting on her Satan shades. And then all of a sudden, they started recognizing that, oh, I'm naked. You're naked. Oh, no, we have sinned. Oh, there's shame now. There's guilt now. There's fear now. We got to hide. Why? Because they had a conversation with Satan. If you're going to have a conversation with Satan, it don't need to be a conversation. The conversation is two-way. It needs to be one way. It needs to be greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You're done, son. It's over. 
It needs to be, you know what? You have no power over me. You're defeated. I, I curse you. I rebuke you. I take authority over you. And he said, ah, I shut your mouth. Because you are helpless, pray to me. We don't, need to, we don't need to have a, when you start having a conversation with the enemy, that's when you get in trouble. They start luring you, you in, and they start luring, talking to you and wooing you, and all of a sudden, you, before you know long, you're like, he's like, just, oh, you don't see that? Well, look, look through my glasses. And then you put on these shades. Oh, there's a whole new world. <laughs> so what does Satan's shades cause you to do? When you put on these Satan shades, what happens? Well, you start seeing fault in other people. When you put on Satan's shades, all of a sudden, you're not looking at, at people, the good side. Remember what I always say, what you focus on, you fuel. So when, whenever you, you put this on, you can start seeing fault with people. You're going to start looking at people and, well, look at them. Who do they think they are? Look at them. They think they're better than me. Look at them. Look at that. Who does she think she is? How does he think he can get away with that? Oh, that's how we do it. All of a sudden, we become judgmental. Look at the pastor up there last week with, with, with his... Uh, his uh, hoodie and his uh, leather jacket on. Well, I wore some dress clothes for you today, okay? So, but we get judgmental. We, we start, we look at, I don't like how they did that. I don't like that. I wish we wouldn't have sung that song. I don't, we get judgmental. Look at them, look at that. We have a prideful ego. All of a sudden, we look at ourselves like, you know what? Hey, because when you put the Satan, Satan shades on, he makes you look better than you are in your flesh because we're nothing, right? We are nothing without Christ. But when you put the Satan shades on, all of a sudden, you ever seen them muscle shirts that you put on and, and it's already got like muscles already in the shirt? That's how Satan makes us look. And we look at like, oh, oh, snap, check this out. I guess I am somebody. And he makes us look at, at ourselves and we get pride. We get prideful. We get self-righteous all of a sudden. Because you're listening to the enemy and those glasses give you a, a, a sense that you know what? Look, the way you're looking, oh, I'm better than them. They think they're holy. They think they are. They think they're saved. You know what? Ain't nobody saved as much as I'm saved. Ain't nobody love God any more than me. Ain't nobody better than me. I can do anything. I, I'm, I'm a one. I read my Bible and I pray and I'm sanctified and glorified and filled with the blessed Holy Ghost. And it's all about me. It becomes self-righteous. I'm better than you. And we look down that. Also, what else? All of a sudden, whenever you look through Satan's shades, you don't have any care, no compassion for nobody else. Uh, well, that's up to you. You, you slept in the bed. You, you made the bed. You got to sleep in it. You deserve it. Hey, you know what? You did it. You, paid, you, pay, you, you, pay, you did the crime. You got to pay the time. And there's no compassion. There's no, oh, you're going through a hard time? Well, suck it up, buttercup. You know, you know what? You're going through a bad time? Well, let me tell you what I've been through. There's no compassion. There's no care. And also, you see God in a different light. What did, what did Adam and Eve, oh, I can, I can see like Jesus. You know what? I thought he was a great creator of the world, but you know what? Hey, what did Satan, the, the originator of the Satan shades say? He's sitting there and says, you know what? God ain't all that in a bag of chips. I could overthrow him. I could take him. He had his Satan shades on from the very beginning of time and said, you know what? I could, over, I could overthrow God. And he even calls other angels to do the same. And what happened? He got kicked out of heaven, right? Because of the fact that he saw God in a different light than who he really was. And it causes us to see God in a different light. All of a sudden, we start saying, well, God is so hard. He is so mean. There's nothing but rules in that book. You know what? He's so, he's so uncanny. He, he don't understand me. 
this and that and the other, and we start being judgmental. We start getting self-righteous and start having a prideful ego, and we start um, seeing fault in others, and, and, and we start having no compassion, no care for others, and, 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 and we start seeing God in a different light. And then you have the flesh glasses. It's not God, and it's not the devil. It's just your own sin. Your own selfishness, your own vain self, that, that, that it's our own stuff that we're doing because you're drawn away by our own lust, right? So the first thing is, is when you put your flesh glasses on and you're not looking through the God goggles, then all of a sudden you start seeing yourself negatively. When you start looking through your, your, at yourself through the, the flesh glasses, all of a sudden your, your flesh all of a sudden is not, I'm not pretty. I'm fat. I'm not good looking. I can't make it. I, I, I don't have any abilities. I'm weak. I'm feeble. I'm not good enough. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. So not only do you look at yourself negatively when you put your flesh glasses on, all of a sudden also you have lust comes into your life. You know lust, when you say lust, everybody freaks out because they all, it's automatically their mind goes straight to sex. Okay, but sucks, uh, sex is an unbridled desire. Okay, it's not just sex. Whatever you desire with all your heart, soul, and strength, when you lust after something, you want it so bad, that's more than just sex. It says, matter of fact, in 1 John 2, 16, it says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but the world. And when we, don't, and when we have our flesh glasses on, all we see is stuff that we lust for, we desire. We, 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 go, we come to our next point and we become greedy. We become greedy and we want more. When we look through our flesh glasses, we're not thinking spiritually and we're not necessarily got the enemy in our life but, or he's trying to come in our life, but we're just looking through our own selfishness, our, our own sin that we're causing in our life. We become greedy and then lastly, we become critical. We're critical of everything. We become super negative, and we become super greedy and super critical, and nothing's right. Nothing pleases me. Nothing, nothing ever satisfies you at all. You can never be satisfied. You can never be, it can, it can never be good enough for you. We'll put our flesh glasses. So, so let's, let's take a minute here, here towards the end of this, and let's talk about how God or Jesus viewed things. Let's look through his vision for a moment. He saw, they brought, these, these guards brought him a woman caught in adultery. She, hey, this woman was caught in adultery. She's evil. She, she, she's standing out here. She's naked. She's rude. You know, she cheated on her husband. This is bad. They're living together. This right here is going on. And he did not see a vulgar, promiscuous lady. He looked at this lady, and he saw someone who had been judged all her life. He saw someone who, 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 who needed to be looked past her, fa her failures and her life was full of failures and to show her the right path. He didn't see this, this evil woman that was promiscuous and vulgar. He said, you know what? Man, she's searching for something. She's got a life past full of all kinds of things and she's just looking for somebody to care. She's, looking, she's got a, a whole life full of things in the past that have brought, busted her down to the place where she's just trying to do anything she can to try to be with somebody. Whenever you look at the woman at the well, he, you know, he, he didn't see a woman that was just thirsty for water and couldn't keep a, that couldn't keep a husband. He saw a woman that was looking for an everlasting love. He, he didn't see a woman that had went through five husbands because she tried to find a love, that love that she really wanted, and the love she was looking for was not the love of a man. It was the love of God. 
So he, he didn't see her as this, this, this prostitute. He didn't see her as this person who had just been sleeping around. He saw her as someone who was looking for an everlasting life that was thirsty, but not thirsty for men, but thirsty for him. How about Lazarus? He didn't see a stinky dead man. He saw a man that was bound that needed to be set free. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And what did he do? He said, unbind him. He saw into the future. He saw what was going to happen after he came back from the dead. He saw the future. Everybody else saw as its finality. Jesus didn't see that. He saw Paul. He didn't see Paul as an evil murderer. Murderer, you know, Saul, Saul before he came Paul. He, was, he didn't see him as an evil murderer. He saw him as a man of God, already named Paul, that would change the world, writing two-thirds of the New Testament, and a man that would go through all kind of hardship and never give up. He saw a warrior. He saw a fighter. He saw a man that was going to change the world in the New Testament. And, and everybody else looked at this man and saw this evil, murderous man that was killing Christians. Well, how could you not see that? You cannot see that if you look through the God goggles. Because everybody has a purpose. I don't care how evil they are. This Soleimani dude that, 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 that just recently passed, uh, hey, he, was, he killed so many people. He was so mean. And people were, uh, were, were, were um, uh, picketing in peace. And he killed them. And, and he killed these, these, these American people. But the thing is, you know what? God had a plan for him. How do you know that, Pastor Doug? Because I saw through my God goggles. Because God's word looks through here. Sometimes, if you can't put the goggles on yet, then you need to read the word of God and see it through the eyes of Scripture. Because these, these right here is, 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 is your prescription for your goggles. But he didn't see Saul as this, this, this person that was evil and that, that went around killing Christians. He saw past that, and he said, I got a plan for him. And God has a plan for you today as well. Peter, he didn't see a fussing, cussing sailor that, that would betray him. He saw a man that, that he knew that would deny his friendship with other people and get out of boat and walk on water for him. He saw a man that, that, once, he, that once he raised from the dead was going to go out and preach and 3,000 people were going to get saved in one day. He saw that man. He didn't see the little weak backstabbing, betraying Peter. When he looked at him, when he first caught him, he knew all that was going to happen. But he saw past that into the future. When he saw David, he didn't see a little smelly shepherd boy. He didn't see the murderer that he was going to be. He didn't see the adulterer that he was going to be. He saw a king. He saw a man after his own heart. He saw a rock-slinging giant killer. He saw a man that was willing to go up against these, all these military men, as little as he was, that was willing to stand up and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I'll take him out. He saw a, a fighter. He saw a warrior in him too. And, 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 and when all, everybody else saw the little David, the little shepherd boy, go on. They had the little flesh glasses on. And they're like, hey, you ain't nobody. Just go on. You're nothing. God can't use you. But God saw something differently. Moses, he didn't see an inadequate stuttering dummy. He saw a leader that, 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 that in the faith would lead his people out of Egypt. But you would say, hey, well, he's just a stuttering dummy. He can't even talk right, act right. How's God going to use him? Because you're not looking through your goggles. <clears throat> when he saw Pastor Doug, he didn't see Pastor Doug as a young, insecure youth pastor full of hurt and fear. 
He saw a confident lead pastor of one of the greatest churches in Wilmington that did not fit the mold of man, but was willing to be obedient to God. That's my favorite part of this message right there. Woo! God, I see that, God. I see that, but I didn't see that. I didn't, because I was looking through my flesh glasses for so many years. I saw myself as this is all you're ever going to be. You're not even going to be good at this. You're not good enough. There's everybody else that's better than you. And I had to put my God goggles on. Every single Sunday, I have to have my God goggles on whenever I, when I'm coming to church. Because if I look through anything else than my God goggles on Sunday, I will fail you. Because the enemy will start talking to me. My flesh will start talking to me. And I won't be able to present the word of God that he has for you. And then how does he see you? He doesn't see you. He does not see your weakness. He doesn't see your failure. He doesn't see your insecurities. He doesn't see your depression and your anxiety and your fear. He doesn't see the, the, that in, in anybody in this room or on, on Facebook Live. He sees a man and a woman that is strong and mighty through him. He sees a man and a woman that's an overcomer. He sees a man and a woman in this room that can move mountains. He sees a man and a woman in this room that has enough hope to move the, from the pain of the past to the victory of the future. He sees a man and a woman in this room that, 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 is, that is willing to change their mind today and crush their flesh glasses and crush their Satan, Satan shades and put on their God goggles and say, I'm ready to see through a whole new lens, Jesus. He believes in you. He sees you. Other people may not believe in you. Your parents may not have believed in you. The enemy doesn't believe in you. You may not believe in you. But if you can only put on your God goggles and see how Christ sees you. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're the apple of his eye. You, you are his masterpiece. You are his child. And he sees you that way. I got this video that I want you to see that kind of helps you understand about looking through God goggles. Every day. Because so many days, you, when you leave here today, you're going to look at every single person today. It'll probably, some of you will wear off because you're not going to think about it much. Others, it's going gonna, it's gonna to haunt you the rest of this week. Okay? Watch this video and see if you've ever seen this before. <clears throat> I have. Let me try it again. Sometimes the... Uh, Video and the audio don't match. Let's try it again and see what happens. Go on for a minute? Okay. We're going to go on for a minute and we'll come back to that video. Let me tell you some benefits of your God goggles. Some, some benefits of your God goggles is that it will change your faith level. Whenever you put on your God goggles, it will change your faith level and it will increase your faith to see in the spirit realm of how much God is in control, how much he does have your back, how much he does love you, and how much he does care. It will give you a desire to serve others. Excuse me. Whenever you put on your God goggles, you'll see people for who they really are, not for what they put on as a show. And you'll see a desire and a need to serve others. It will bring humility to you when you see how good God is. And how broken people are. And how blessed we are. It will affect every decision that you make. When you put on your God goggles, there's not one decision that you make. It is not going to make a, it's not going to make a difference in the way that you have um, viewed it. And then lastly, it will keep you in a relationship with Jesus. 
If you keep your God goggles on, then you're going to be okay and secure in Christ, you know, unless you decide to take yourself out because you take off the glasses. Because when you haven't got, you can't help but to love and serve and want to be with Jesus and be who he is. Amen. We got the video yet? Nope, not yet? Okay. <clears throat> Let me tell you about God's 2020 view. God's 2020 view. I'm going to tell you today how, how I'm sorry, Jesus' 2020 view. I want to tell you how Jesus looked at people. Okay? I want to tell you what God goggles are, what you should see when you look through these God goggles. It says, Jesus saw. So this is through Jesus' eyes, God goggles. Jesus saw, he was seeing through the eyes of, of his father. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. And he had compassion on them because, why? They were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Let me tell you what the, king, the, the message says. The message says, when Jesus arrived, he saw this huge crowd. At the sight of them, listen to this, it broke his heart. Like sheep with no shepherd they were, he went right to work teaching them. So when you put God goggles on, the first thing it's going to do for you, it's going to give you compassion. Rather than being judgmental, negative, and critical, as soon as you put them on, you're going to start having compassion. You're not automatically going to jump on people, talk about people, gossip. You're going to have compassion because you're not going to see them for what it looks like. You're going to see them for who, who maybe God has for them. What God has for them. You're going to see them in a different light. And it says God saw them. And you'll be walking around town and you'll be looking at people. And you'll look at them and you'll say, you know what? I got compassion on them. No matter how they're treating me right now. Because they are a sheep without a shepherd. They are lost. They are on their way to hell. And you will have compassion for them. Rather than be like, what would you say? You will never wear God goggles without a relationship with him. Pastor, how do I put these on? You know what? The more you get into to, to reading your prescription, the more you'll know what, what pair you need to wear. This is a prescription. You read your prescription. Read the prescription. And then as you read that prescription, you're going to know, and all of a sudden you're going to start seeing, and it's not a physical pair that you got to put on. But some of you, maybe in the morning times, you don't wear glasses, but you need to, Symbolically, take a pair and put them on if, if you've got a problem with, with that. You don't know how he sees you, how he sees things. If you don't know how he sees things, you never will see like him. Another one, what I mean by that is, well, how do I know how he sees? Well, if you don't, you'll never see through any God goggles if you don't know Christ. If you don't read your word and pray and have a relationship with them, you know, you know, you know, Kristen and, and, and Kevin too, you know, they, 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 they kind of know how I think and they, they, they can tell you how I see things. Why? Because they know me. They know me intimately as, as, as a father's figure to them. And, and, and so when they see me, they, they can tell you what I'm seeing. I could, physically be, I could physically be doing something and say, oh, he's thinking about so-and-so right now. Because they know how I think. And so how do they know that? Because they have relationship with me. So the, the deeper your relationship with God is, the deeper your relationship with Holy Spirit and, and, and Jesus is, the better you'll be able to understand how he sees things. If you read this word, go, go, I, I challenge you. This week, there's so many scriptures in here. I, I was like, I can't. It'd take me four hours. For you, if you just look up, you know, uh, uh, under, under the, little, the little magnifying glass, Jesus saw. 
or God saw or Jesus sees. Man, you wouldn't believe all the things that comes up about how he, what he saw and how he saw things. It's amazing how that happens. Are we good? Praise God. Okay. Because I, I don't have any more notes. So I was, let's watch this right here and see, see if, this, if this doesn't affect how you see people. Every time I'm pulling out, he's right there. Man, and someone needs to talk to his parents if they're ever at home. What is up with the traffic today? It's always, every day, this intersection's always crowded. I hate pulling out of here. Maybe some of these dumb roads. Oh, there's. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I'm not even here. Right. Great lady. The princess of parking. Oh, sure. Take the spot. Way to be considerate. Oh, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Oh. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, it's about time. Let's see, what do I want? Uh, yeah, could I add a cookie to that order? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, no problem, only guy in the world. I'm sure you need your cookie. The world? Your oyster, and he's serving your cookies. Thanks, Thank sir. you so much. Uh -huh. What can I get for you? Uh, yeah, I'll have a tall decaf macchiato. Yeah, sure, no problem. Be 385. And uh, it might take a few minutes here. We've got quite a line, obviously, and thanks for your patience. Great. Yeah, <laughs> great. Great for me. Waiting again. Unbelievable. What? What is... What am I supposed to do? How can I how can I do anything about that? Can I even help with that? I don't your copy, sir. Oh. I can't I can't take this anymore. I gotta get out of here. Hey, what?
Hey, buddy, come here. how we should see people. Now listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't say, sir, I was here first or something like that. Because when you did that, I was like, oh no, oh no. But you know, I'm not saying that you're just supposed to be this little doormat and people just walk over you because you're just so full of compassion for the world. I'm not saying that. There's a line. But if we would just live our lives, start thinking about more of that stuff and start thinking, what are they going through? Why are they acting the way they do? What is going on in their lives to make them to act this way? You know, babies, what do babies do? When they cry, why do they cry? Because something's wrong. I want to go to sleep. I want mama. I want daddy. I want some milk. I want some food. They have a reason for it. Most of the time. I don't think, some of mine don't think they had a reason. <laughs> they just cried. But the thing is, is we need to start looking at people through God, God goggles. And if we have a church want to do what we're supposed to do and have clear vision and walk into that world and help change that world and lead people to Christ, you'll never lead anybody to Christ if you don't have your God goggles on. Never will you ever lead anybody to Christ with, with, with Satan shades or with, with your flesh glasses on. Because you'll never see that they need Christ. The only way that you'll see that anybody needs Christ is because you got your God goggles on. And you look at them and you say, you know what? They are broken. They are hurt. They need Christ. Because if you look at them any other way, you'll come up with all kinds of reasons why they don't deserve Christ. So praise God. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes? Thank you, God, today for this, this, this rhema word. Lord, release a rhema word to me. I, I love it, and I thank you for it, Father. And I just lift you up right now, God, and I ask you to help us all as a church, as kingdom life, to, to wear our God goggles and take off those Satan shades, God, and, and take off, Father, those, those, those uh, flesh glasses. And, God, help us to see others through, through your lens, through your eyes. Help us to be different. Help us not to walk around and judge and be critical and be negative, but help us walk around with love and like Christ did. When Christ saw the crowd, he, he, was, he, he was moved with compassion when you saw the crowd. Lord, thank you, Father, that, for that scripture that shows us how we're supposed to see people. We're supposed to see them with compassion as a sheep without a shepherd. Help us to see that today in Jesus' name. Is there anybody in this room today that would say, Pastor Doug, I've had my Satan shades or flesh glasses on, and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I, I want to I put on my God goggles. I want to see things different. I want to feel that love. I want to I give that love, and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I want to receive Christ. I want Christ to come in. Anybody at all today want to just receive Christ and ask God, I want to embarrass you? You just want to raise your hand and just say, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Is there anybody here at all today? Well, how many of you would be, would be honest, men and women, and say, Pastor Doug, I don't always have my God goggles on. Sometimes my, my Satan shades slip on, and sometimes, and a lot of times my flesh, flesh glasses come on. Help pray, pray today that, that I will be able to wear my God goggles more often. That I'll understand my prescription better so I can wear them the way they should be worn. And that I would see people the way that Christ sees them, not the way that I have seen them. Would anybody raise their hand besides me? My hand's up. Help us all, Lord. Yes, amen. Thank you for your hands. God, help us today to see others like you see them. If we're going to be a church that is a soul-winning church that, 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 that makes disciples as you ask us to, we're going to have to see people with compassion and not as judgment or judgmental. 
be with us today as we go today. And God, even though we don't have those cool glasses that dude just had on, help us to look at people, God, and, and know that they're probably going through something. And how can we do something small, whether it's a smile, a handshake, a comment, or maybe an extra little tip that will help them get through that day and know that somebody has compassion on their situation and loves them. Or maybe it's letting somebody out that's sitting there waiting on the side of the road trying to get in that through traffic. Maybe it's somebody that's trying to get something off of a top shelf at a grocery store and they just, they just can't get it and, and they need help. Whatever it is, God, speak to us. Let us be sensitive to your voice so we can hear your voice to know that we're, what we're supposed to do. And we want to hear from you, God. We love you and we honor you, sir, for all you do. We love you, God. Amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. God bless you today. Have a wonderful day. We look forward to seeing you.